Hey, Tea Talks listeners. In this episode, Tim and I will be talking about World War III. You know that thing that's in the back of our mind while we're doing our day-to-day lives and activities. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Just, you know, get it all on the table. Maybe uh, at the end of this conversation, you'll feel better about the situation or um, come to terms with our existential dread that we're all experiencing. Either way, hope you enjoy this episode. That's uh, that's who we're sponsored by today. Thank you, TikTok. Thank you, ByteDance. Thank you, Lark. And thank you, World War Three and Putin. Well, what are we thanking Putin for, by the way? <laughs> I wouldn't thank Putin at all, actually. Um, I mean, I guess in a weird roundabout way, he's the reason we're having this conversation. So, um, but Thanks yeah, Putin for sponsoring this discussion. Today. Yeah, thank you, Putin, for your imperialistic ambitions, uh, putting us in fear of World War Three. So. And uniting the rest of the world against Russia. Yeah, you know, I, I've never seen the world so united against one country. It's, even like World War II, like there was pretty big split in terms of Germany had lots of allies. Um, That's true. I mean, I know China and India are kind of like playing both sides kind of, but uh, it just feels like Russia is kind of isolated. So, Yeah. How do we we could slice this onion many ways? Where, where do you, where do you want to start? Let's usually when I cut the onion, I don't like to cut the tip first because that releases all the the stuff that you know makes you cry. Right. Um, so I say let's cut halfway through the onion. On halfway. This, okay. This metaphorical discussion onion. You don't want to be crying in our conversation today. Oh, I do. That's eventually, but like we got to save that for the opportune time. Right. We want to make sure people are engaged enough where they stay to the point where we're crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, here, I'll start at a halfway point. Cool. Uh, the doomsday clock is ticking. And I think... Is it really? Like, I forget how many minutes till midnight. I think it was seven last time I checked. It's been seven minutes to midnight for the last, like, 50 years, though. No, because right? that, that clock is, like, the climate change one. They made one specifically for the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> So I I think it was a lot less than seven, maybe. Maybe it was like seconds and not minutes. Can you can you find it? At Doom's doorstep, it's 100 seconds to midnight. But this was January 20, 2022. Let me look up the nuclear. I mean, there's no like real authority with these things. So it's just people who say, like, yeah, you know what, we're getting closer and closer to midnight. Yeah. We're just, we're just speculating on our own demise, you know. I don't know any other species that, you know, tempts fate like we do. <laughs> I would say we aren't even tempting fate. We're, we're, we're predicting the future. It's going to happen. We're 100 seconds to midnight. And we are all going to you know, get wiped out eventually, which is a little depressing. Do you, do you remember at all the, uh, <laughs> the Bay of Pigs or what, no, the Cuban Missile Crisis? Do you, do you yeah. Remember? I know yeah. we're, that was like way before our time, but I feel like that is kind of how tense it feels where, you know, you kind of are hoping that the leaders of the countries that have access to that button, like don't get to um, button happy with this. <laughs> like the JFK was like hoping that, um, I think it was Romanoff. Wait, no, that's, that's, that's Natasha uh, Romanoff. Yeah. She was actually in charge of, the Bay of Pigs incident. Okay, 
I meant, what's the name of the Russian leader back then? Gorbachev. Gorbachev, thank you. Yeah. Gorbachev was like, oh, they're not going to press it. And then the JFK was like, no, he's not going to press it. But they were like, you know, very close to. But then it was also like the submarine or something was, wasn't really communicating with Russia. So they didn't really know which way the tide was going. So they also were like on pause, like waiting at a moment's notice to launch the nukes. Like it just felt very um, like close to death situation. And we didn't even have the internet back then to make everyone nervous about it. <laughs> like we do right. now. <laughs> no, nobody knew until it was publicized. People are like, oh yeah, bad pigs, like stuff happened, I'm sure. But not until history books came out, not until the government released a notice did any of this become public. Yeah. And they're right like, yeah, we're following it. We're, yeah. we're seeing the incident live and it's, it's crazy. I think the good news is though, it's like you said, Russia is pretty isolated in this. China's playing both sides. I don't know what India's doing, but China clearly is like, they're, they're hand in hand with Putin for a bit. They're like, okay, yeah, look, take Ukraine, make it quick, make it easy. We got your back. Uh, Putin tried to take Ukraine. China was like, all right, you're, you're doing too much. And then they like, they backed off. They're like, okay, let's make this peaceful. I hope you take Ukraine peacefully. Um, and that's like China's like outlook on it. They've like sent diplomats to like Germany and other countries to say like, we're not in favor of war and stuff. Yeah. China is also like the same ambitions with Taiwan. So they're like kind of testing the waters to see how the world's re reacting to Russia because they might make moves to Taiwan. And so, yeah, it feels like as soon as that happens, like everything is just so complicated. It's like silly that this is all over like borders and countries, like even those ideas of like country borders seem so old and antiquated. Yeah, that, that could be the reason that we're going to all die. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we go to space, I think the, the scale is just going to change. That's what I'm saying, man. Like aliens would be so good for humanity. It's like, just like how war like unites a country, um, like obviously like not good leads to devastation and all, but like, imagine if we found aliens, suddenly Russia's not mad at us. They're, they're trying to fight the aliens. Like we're all uniting against a different cause. I have aliens on my bingo card for 2022. So please don't scratch that off. Not, not this year. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of COVID. <laughs> yeah. We, we have pandemic, uh, World War Three, and then aliens. So maybe I'll get a bingo. <laughs> we had the killer bees. We had uh, we had a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like um, every year things get more and more chaotic. Yeah. I mean, what the good news, I think, about the Russia and Ukraine situation is that um, the entire world is sort of in favor of Ukraine for the most part at least they're that or they're off to the side, like not touching it. And so it's not like Russia has any incentive to, to push the button. They're going to get flack from all sides. If they push the button, Russia as a country is not going to exist. And so like Putin with his idea of legacy, I think he's, he's not going to press it. So I think we're staving off World War III at least from the Russia angle. Um, but I mean, that's just, that's just my thoughts. on it. So like Putin already threatened nuclear war if any like the Western countries intervened yeah and then um we haven't like directly intervened but we've been supplying ukraine with weapons and it feels like even like the sanctions putin said that like that counts as intervention so at what point is it like crossing the line where it's going to escalate because if russia is saying don't intervene and some whatever we're doing even if it's not like to us feeling like intervening 
to Russia, to Putin, it feels like we're like anger them by yeah. doing it. It just feels like at any moment, Putin can be like, no, you crossed the line and then press the button. And so like, I hope you're right where he just doesn't want to, doesn't want Russia's legacy to be dust. Um, but he also seems unhinged. There was like this weird conspiracy that um, because of the pandemic, Putin has been like more isolated and more delusional. And it's kind of like forced him to be less rational than he usually is. But he also has like, this isn't like new behavior. Like he's taken Crimea for like access to the Balkan Sea. I, oh yeah. I just feel like um, this is the first time where there's like a clear divide and like it does feel like like the cold war is now a hot war <laughs> well we haven't we haven't started like shooting right like american soldiers are not boots on the ground eu no, soldiers aren't boots on the ground they're just doing economic stuff and, and yeah crazy. ukraine has like been or what's the uh ukrainian prime minister prime minister's name Zelensky. Zelensky. he's been like requesting like a no-fly zone Mm. which is essentially like american troops or like nato troops shooting down russian planes and i'm what i'm worried about is like it's not even america that like makes the first move i i'm worried that nato is going to try to help they're going to cross the line which is like oh no and then we'll have to help because it's nato and so it, it really doesn't even have to be america that fucks up it could be anyone in nato that like has sends troops over and then we have to like because of our treaty have to like help them so it's really it's like anyone, world war one all over again yeah exactly like world war one where it's these treaties that like fuck us because china is not going to want to get involved like we already know that but we're the main i mean i guess europe also if it was just europe versus russia like that whole area is fucked but i don't think we would just let that happen we'd get involved at that point yeah, it just yeah. It is like, I feel like in the news cycles that I watch, um, like independent news, <laughs> they, they're afraid that like this could escalate and maybe it takes a month or a year, but there really isn't a path out for Putin at this point, if that makes sense. Like, there's no way I see Putin just being like, okay, we'll just take, you know, this part of Ukraine and we'll call it a day like that. That's not going to happen. Mm. And so... You think it's like all or nothing type of situation, Putin? Yeah. Even if Ukraine falls to Russia, that's not going to be enough for Putin. Like, we already saw, like, they have, like, diagrams where they've outlines, like, Poland would be next on their list. Like, there's other countries. I've heard they're, like, continuing that track across the East. Yeah. All these countries that they think belong to, like, Soviet Union and, you know, should be part of the Russian Empire or whatever. Wow. Uh, so this this is gonna be like either a really long drawn out battle that we're just gonna like constantly see in the news, or it escalates and then we all die. So <laughs> those are our two options. How, how does that make you feel, Tim? Well, I, I would significantly prefer you know not the second option. I, I don't want Putin to take over and just hit the button and let us all die. I have a feeling it might actually end up being something like a like a coup or an assassination of Putin. Something where like a lot, a lot of these ambitions really come from Putin himself, right? Like the government is like pro invading Ukraine, but they're not the forefront 
promoter of this. This is this is really Putin's initiative. And so I think if we take out Putin, not not advocating for assassination, by the way, especially not on the company laptops, um, but if he were to like be knocked out of the picture, I feel like Russia would very quickly see to, to NATO's demands. I don't think it would be a situation where like Russia's like, okay, let's carry on Putin's legacy. Like, like we've seen all the videos of like the Russian people in the streets protesting. I saw on Reddit today, like a dude handcuffed himself to McDonald's because he doesn't want McDonald's to pull out of Russia. Like the people are clearly in favor of peace. I think not the majority, but there's a very loud group of people. I don't know if it's majority or minority, but clearly there's dissent among like the Russian people. Ukrainians obviously don't want their country stolen um, or taken back or stolen or whatever side you fall on. But it's just, I think the people are going to be the one that dictate it too. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the hard thing about this is like, it's all speculation and we're all just hoping that it ends in an outcome where we're still living at the end of it. Um, if you've seen, like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, uh, if, if you were curious about like the World War Three thing, uh, dude named George Soros, who's like some famous like investor, hedge fund guy. He grew up in like Hungary. He grew up like with occupation of Russian soldiers when he was a kid and stuff. Um, he wrote a piece about how he thinks this is going to be World War Three. Uh, he genuinely believes like as the people in power, Xi Jinping of China and then Putin of uh, of Russia, they're going to be the ones causing World War Three. And he breaks this analysis down. It's like it's very interesting. He's like, these two are the ones like in power. They're going to be the one hitting the button. Like, this is this is the primary cause of World War Three. It's these two guys. Interesting. Uh, doesn't George Soros have like really bad politics? I, I don't really remember. I just feel like um, I don't know anything about this guy. I just know that there's like a label attached to his name, like uh, like he meddles in media and politics, and he's like one of those like deep state people. Oh, like, <laughs> is like, he like the Murdoch kind of guy? Yeah, exactly. Like the, one of the puppeteers. Um, oh shoot! Okay. We inter- I mean, if someone like him who you know is is like sounding the alarms, maybe it's worth listening. <laughs> <laughs> well what is joe rogan saying because that's really the only opinion that anyone cares about right yeah i think he called the russians the n-word or something yeah seems like a seems like a joe rogan type of move <laughs> yeah I don't, that I don't guy know. is so unhinged now like what happened to him <laughs> you know i i think uh clout and celebrity gets your head and um at some point you become detached from reality it's happened too often too many of the grades have gone down. But yeah, it's there's so many. So here's the here's the thing, because like there's like the mainstream media angle, which is like we need to get involved, right? We need to help Ukraine, and I think that's the right sentiment. But the problem is like asking the question of like how do we get involved, right? Because it's not as simple as like. Let's just show up with like American troops. Yeah, that's it's gonna cause a war. <laughs> Even the no-fly zone, it's kind of like a non-starter. Like as soon as you get involved, like it's it's too late. So Russia is like calling our bluff, and mm. we're afraid to call theirs. <laughs> it's like a cold war all over again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. The cold war was like a long drawn-out thing. It took years and um maybe 
Putin getting removed from office to like make it better. But even if like Biden, let's just say this lasts longer than I don't know, two, three years, and Biden's out of office. If you have like a Republican president who's now like in charge, they mm-hmm. could be like we're not afraid of Russia. We're going to, we're going to call their bluff. I could easily see like, hopefully Trump doesn't get reelected, but some Republican gets reelected. And then it's just like military industrial complex takes over and we're all screwed. That's, that's such a worrying prospect too, because it's, it's not like a distant future type of thing. This is here. Maybe it doesn't happen in the next year. And we're, we're missing the whole insidious nature of, Americans wanting to protect America and fight against allies, like against enemies and stuff. But the thing is, like, it's weird. I think the the most Americans are sort of on the the Ukrainian side for obvious reasons. But there's also like a pretty loud subset of people who uh, still support like Putin and, and Russia. And we see this a lot from like the Trump lovers and stuff. Um, people who like are are still like agreeing with Trump's assessment of like, yeah, Putin's strong. There's still like an, a, a group of Americans who are into that. So I wonder if public opinion may actually sway in favor of Russia at some point. Do you think that's ever going to happen? We've seen what Trump did and his influence to, you know, American politics and, and sort of the, you know, lack of rationale in, in that. I wonder if this small subset of people, plus the remnants of Trump's influence, may swing the U.S. as a whole to the Russia side. Will that ever happen? It's hard to imagine, but I feel like our politics has changed our like culture so much that it's not outside of the realm of possibility. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about like swaying public opinion, a lot of that is done by mainstream media, right? Yeah. So I would kind of put this back onto you, which is asking. Do you think mainstream media will change their minds on this whole conflict? Because right now, I think Fox is kind of like pro-Russia. And then everyone else. Actually? Yeah. Have you seen any of the Fox stuff? They've been yeah, let me actually go to my TV and turn on Fox. I watch yeah. it on the daily, actually. I've I've watched like videos like of my like progressive news outlets like reacting to Fox. So mm. that's where my data point is coming from that fox is putting out like pro-russia propaganda are you kidding me yeah Jesus. and then uh like the rest like mainstream media like cnn msnbc like they're more pro-ukraine but they're still pro-ukraine is still pro-conflict so it's kind of like a lose-lose if you support russia you're obviously on the wrong side of history if you support ukraine then there is the potential there being no more history. <laughs> That's a dangerous thought too. I wonder like, well, what is the right answer? Pro-peace? But nobody I, gets to pro-peace until I think the, the answer is pro, pro-nuance. <laughs> I like to hear that. That's nice. <laughs> it's just hard getting people on, onto the nuance train because nobody wants nuance. They just want answers, simple answers. I mean, obviously like Ukraine, they were invaded. So they're, you have to be on their side yeah then i'm also like not anti-russia as a whole i'm really just anti-putin because a lot of the russians they're like they're just like bearing the consequences of putin's actions they don't probably care about 
expanding to Ukraine, like even if you're yeah. like a Russian nationalist and you're like Rava Russia, it doesn't mean that you want your economy to collapse. <laughs> like right, which is exactly what's going on right now. It's like nobody yeah. in Russia is happy with the current situation. Even the soldiers, even the nationalists. Yeah. Like even the oligarchs who are losing their yachts. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not happy <laughs> when they realize their money is worthless. I, I kind of want to like stay on that for a second. Did you hear that? Like all of the companies that like McDonald's are leaving Russia. Putin has said, we're going to seize your assets. So basically companies are taking huge losses right now because like McDonald's is no longer going to own the property and land that they like invested in russia wow so i think the thinking there is that putin's gonna like offer that to the oligarchs so they stay happy interesting so all the money they're losing he's trying to like distribute it but to the oligarchs so that they continue supporting him is that going to be successful because thinking about it right now a lot of it relies on the people right a lot of, well for example mcdonald's you can't have mcdonald's without the burgers and you can't get the burgers from the factories that produce them and all that. If McDonald's stops their infrastructure, takes out their entire software, they're like, okay, you can't use our stuff. So all these are basically non-functional. You can have the burger shop with no burgers. It's, well, what's going to happen? There may be like minute, uh, like like sometimes like this comes into play. Like they, they, like, they do their like burgers on site and all that. But like, that's so, I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem like enough of a peace offering. For they're they're going to nationalize all of these companies. And so you're going to have like the Russian version of McDonald's, whatever that is. <laughs> Instead of a, an American clown, it's going to be like a like Trotsky's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it kind of reminds me of like Soviet union where, you know, they just kind of created their own things. Like they, it was like communism essentially. So they they nationalized all commerce and then it was up to the government to like provide for the whole country. I feel like that's where it's headed because the economy is so like so bad that they have to like start from somewhere. So it's like back to the Soviet roots for, for Russia. <laughs> so interesting. I feel like, I, I know like, the war and all that is awful but i feel like this is an interesting opportunity to try a new economic model it's like it's a perfect time too because the economy's in shambles um basically and so potentially it might be a good time to to start something new maybe like you mentioned nationalizing everything um and seeing how it goes but i somehow doubt the powers in play are gonna make that fair and efficient and successful i mean it's still corrupt like if you have like a corrupt authoritarian government it's not going to be better if they like start nationalizing everything. It's just going to have the same problems that communism already has. Mm. Um, what else? Oh, so this is kind of interesting. Also, like a side consequence is that all those companies that are losing like money with this Russia thing. <clears throat> they're not going to like take that loss, take those losses. They're going to put those onto their customers which means everyone else in the broader economy is screwed. Like we already have a bad inflation problem. Now, like imagine McDonald's saying we're going to increase our burger another dollar so that we didn't just take a giant loss with this Russia thing. Good point. Actually, that's going to make like inflation even worse. It's already bad. Like it's like a 40 year record high inflation that we have. That's that's crazy. I feel like some companies will, 
pass it down. I think a lot of like the B2C and the retailers and all that will definitely do that. I think with software, it feels a little bit different. At least I know for TikTok, we're not, um, actually, I, I'll, I'll leave this on track. I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like I think, I think it's, for a lot of software companies, it may not be the case um, because they'll just eat the loss. They'll be like, ah, dang it. Like we projected we're going to make this much. Now we're going to make, you know, 70 million less. Mm. That may cause us to have to like not hire as much, um, not build these kinds of features and like, stuff like that. Um, at a very generic level. And so I think maybe the large companies that are under pressure to perform, who rely on like all their, let's say like McDonald's hired like a hundred people for like one city. Then like they realize, oh, we actually can't make enough to support these hundred people. It's going to let go like 30 of those people maybe, which, mm-hmm. which really blows. I think for a lot of other companies, they may be more responsible with the way they, they hire and all that. So people aren't as affected. Um, but I still think like eventually we'll probably get sent to the consumer. I don't want to see my, my burgers go up in price though. Yeah. It's just frustrating. I feel like there's no way that this scenario like ends well, (laughs) like it's hard to imagine the, the way that all this conflict leads to positive outcomes for the world. Um, even the like economics of it all, like where Russia, the Russian ruble is like, basically worthless um that's not going to be good for anyone even us in america so yeah well i would actually say it's uh, i just read a paper um about how it actually will benefit the world um and not russia but i don't remember what it said sorry that's right you remember the headline because that, that's how i get my news what was that i said do you remember the headline because that's how i get my news <laughs> I, I remember what the reddit slash green text said let me pull it up <laughs> um, um yeah r slash tell me what to think <laughs> is that a, really a sub no but well maybe it could be <laughs> let me ping you the article it's uh it's by you michigan so this inflation thing also scares me because we're in late stage capitalism like that's that's where we're at and in late stage capitalism, things start to fail. <laughs> and the reason things fail is because capitalism, like at its core, cannot keep expanding forever, right? Mm. Resources that are scarce, people like human capital is scarce. At some point, you grow so big that there's nowhere else left to go except down. That's late stage capitalism. I feel like this is like another, like, I don't know, like tick in the, like we had the 2008 crisis, like that was a, like, you know, all of these things like proving that we're in a failed system. And then if you have like these giant countries like US and Russia trying to have a World War Three, that's not going to be good for our economy. <laughs> like a global economy is going to fail. So I think it's all heading in that direction and that's what concerns me is like how do we stay on the right side of a failing economy like global economy are you thinking on a macro scale or on individual like what can you do to protect you and your family and the people you care about or are you thinking about how can america as a whole and i guess the entire like world as a whole protect itself i mean both 
I don't know if I have answers to these, but I think that's that's where we're headed. It's like trying to like be on the Titanic and you're, you know, you see the iceberg straight ahead. Like we don't have the power to like control the ship. Like we can't like divert. We're just like commentary on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the people playing music as it goes down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, ha- we're having a good time on the ship as yeah. we're dying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I really hope that our leaders are able to jump, sh- not jump ship. <laughs> to, <laughs> um, watch, watch, don't look up if you haven't. That's my plug for movies. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, I want us to survive. I really do. I just feel like all si- all signs point towards that not happening. So that's that's like my main concern. That's why I wanted to talk about this today. I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. <laughs> Here, I'll play devil's advocate. Uh, you're wrong because I think humanity efficiently uh, picks the the easiest solution. I think it's always the easiest solution that, that gets put up there. And I think the easiest solution in this case is to <laughs> assassinate Putin. I don't know. I don't know. Back, let me back up. <laughs> I don't know. I I think there's there's a lot That's what I was like, we, we talked about that a couple of times. I think Putin has like a backup plan if he gets assassinated. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, I don't even think that's a solution because mm-hmm. I feel like Putin's smart enough where he would have, okay, if I die, you are responsible for killing everyone. Like, I don't think he would just go out and everyone would be happy. I well, think. you're just like, it's dictators, it's dictators all the way down. Yeah. Just like, boom, Putin's down. Next guy. Boom, this is <laughs> it, it's kind of like America. We have our like line of secession, like just kill everyone that could potentially <laughs> until it gets to the Secretary of Agriculture, and then like they're safe. Yeah. Get get I'm to not... the you have to kill everyone until you get to the Russian puppet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the US owned puppet in the Russian government right now. Yeah. All right. Sorry, what were you saying? You're playing devil's advocate. Uh the easiest solution is usually the one that humanity picks yeah and i think the easiest solution may be to um to to run away i don't think i don't think solving the problem is easy i think it's really difficult and especially solving it in a way that you know follows the rules and the conventions of the 21st century things like assassination obviously like we don't we don't do that anymore because i think we've transcended well i say we don't do that anymore but we don't like can't really do that anymore because i think like we've transcended we we follow like some certain set of like rules and obligations where like we shouldn't do that and, like there may be a better solution but that solution was harder to do it's harder to create figure out and then actually execute i think the easiest solution is take out Putin. but the easier solution is to not address this problem at all it's i think for for rich people billionaires especially to find an alternative way of living either go to the moon or put the matrix helmets on or find yeah. a way to, to comfortably live uh by ignoring describing like appeasement right like that's <clears throat> where like we let Russia take over Ukraine and then you know a few years go by and they start invading another country and let them take that country because if we try to stop them then they're gonna kill us so we, maybe we, something like that yeah I mean I know that doesn't assuage any of the concerns but another one is like as inflation goes up and people become like looking domestically at like how uh, a lot of people are like living below the poverty line right now um I think a lot of the people who want to solve these problems are just going to like get frustrated and not try to solve these problems. And instead, they're going to go um, 
just escape, like look for look for jobs that are not in that sector. Um, you know, like there's a huge brain drain and people in government, they're all leaving. Uh, not all, but like there's a vast majority that are leaving for like other other careers and options where they can make more money, be happier, all that stuff uh, and make less of an impact. And so I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. And it'll go down to like the individual level of uh, people like you and me who decide to, instead of going into politics to make a difference, let's go into investment banking to make a lot of money and make sure my family has an underground bunker so we're safe. So it'll like potentially degrade into that kind of like selfishness potentially. Mm. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Would you even want to live in a world where you are, are you proposing death? You're just yeah. like, I'd rather die. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, in that apocalyptic scenario where you have an underground bunker and you've survived the initial fallout, would you want to live in that world? Well, I've I've been playing the Fallout games for close to 200 hours, apparently on Steam, um, and uh, my my hunch is yes, because it's so fun. Uh, <laughs> You think you'd have fun? Okay. Realistically, probably not. I mean, like, like I told you my thing is like I want to experience humanity's like start and fall, right? Like I want to like witness the entire like history of humanity. It's like I don't I don't need to be a mediator in it, but I would love to like just witness it, like to see what it's like. I wouldn't want like you know billions of people to die, but if it happened, as long as you're not one of the billions that dies. I'm, I'm fine dying too. I just want to be able to see what happens after. Oh, I see. Yeah. Kind of like a Rogue One scenario. Yeah, spoiler. Ro- oh, it's like the Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be like watching it go down. Like, yeah. if I die, cool. But I would like to rise up as a ghost and like watch like what happens after. That's my way of avoiding like being selfish. I would just love to be wrong and like in 10 years we're like, Look how these stupid people talking about the end of the world. Ha ha ha. They couldn't see this obvious solution right in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really hope you're wrong. <laughs> but I have a feeling that, I don't know. Humanity's always dealt with these crises. We, we've come out, right? Like we've had a short history, but we've been okay. I think it's... Is that a it's, fallacy though? Like, a, I forget what it's called. Like not, not confirmation bias, but like, the fallacy of like the history like indicating the like the future I forgot what that's called but like yeah. just because we haven't killed each other completely in all of human history doesn't mean that we couldn't do it now <laughs> i mean that's true that's definitely true i just think like if if there's a way to like give like peace of mind it would be it would be like by saying we haven't killed ourselves yeah i Here's another scenario, what I've thought about, which may be good for you, kind of, in a weird way. So imagine the world where America gets involved with NATO, and then it's like them, like, versus Russia. Russia, like, nukes Europe and America. America and Russia, or America and Europe nuke Russia. But China played both sides, so they're good. (laughs) So... They get to like build the future of humanity, and uh, yeah, I think China wins. That's the way I see this ending. Well, you better invite some bike dance pretty soon. 
my dance Tencent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do I how do I quickly move into the China uh, futures market? <laughs> hey, we're hiring. That's that's all. <laughs> I I don't know. I, have you thought about that at all? Because it does feel like China might masterfully avoid this whole conflict and then just benefit from like just like how America was able to pick up the pieces from World War II and be like the dominant superpower. I think that's where China is like perfectly positioned to be this next superpower because everyone else is just going to destroy each other. That's such a good point. I'm really curious because China's already like gearing up for like number one country, right? Like US has been number one for a while. Russia's, you know, not there. China's been like sort of like steadily making moves. They're like not highest number of people, like their GDP is massive right now. They're just growing and growing and growing. And they just need some kind of incident to make them diplomatically like the peak. This could be the opportunity. They have ties with Russia. They can tell Russia, you know, calm down, slow down, pull out of Ukraine. And if they successfully do that, suddenly someone is a new global mediator. And that someone is not America. Yeah. So maybe. I mean, even if it doesn't end in like a nuclear scenario, I still think China's perfectly positioned to like come out of this way, way more ahead than any other country. If you think that we should really get into the China futures market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know how that works? Is I, I have, I should ask. I'll ask my teammates. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll ask some of my, um, my wealth, wealth management people who know better than I do. Ooh. How do we invest in China? Cause <laughs> Yeah, I want to put money in the yuan. I'm interested in Forex now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's interesting because they're still like anti-Bitcoin. Yeah, because it's not made by the government. As soon as the government makes some kind of like nationalized currency, crypto, they'll like back it up probably. But it's just just because it's not owned by the government. China's like very big on like state-owned everything. Right. Even like how crypto was used in like this conflict is really interesting. Like I think Ukraine raised like millions of dollars through Bitcoin and Russia was able to avoid sanctions because of cryptocurrency. So really it became like a very key player in this conflict, which I think gives it more mainstream credibility. Um, that was why Biden like signed this executive order was to like try to, because of the sanctions, if those don't work, U.S. really doesn't have any other option other than get involved. So they need like cryptocurrency to be kind of like more controlled. Like they're not going to be able to control it completely, but they can try to control like the exchanges like Coinbase, which are centralized. Like that's why uh, some of the Russian accounts on Coinbase were, were closed on Coinbase because of the executive order. So interesting. Um, I've been following like this cryptocurrency side of politics and that's also been fascinating. Um, I'm still buying Bitcoin every week. So that's been my, um, my micro action that I can take to be like, I'm anti-government. All this, all this government conflict is unnecessary. Putin shouldn't be able to cause the end of humanity. Biden shouldn't be able to stop or control Bitcoin and China shouldn't need to control cryptocurrency for it to like, exist so we'll see what happens i don't know how much bitcoin are you buying per week is it like a dollar amount a set dollar amount or do you buy like set 
amounts. Yeah, my goal is to own one Bitcoin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, How close are you? Uh, I, I'm probably going to be investing until like the end of the year. The problem is like the, the price keeps changing. So like I'm investing like $1,000 a week. And that's, I'm trying to stay consistent there. But some weeks like the price goes up. And so like my $1,000 is not as valuable, if that makes sense. So, But your overall like investment, your ROI is probably higher as Bitcoin continues to rise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the power of like DCA, right? The dollar cost averaging thing. So that's true. I just decided to be more intentional about it this year because um, I feel like every every year I've kind of been like dancing around it, like oh yeah, like I'm in favor of it, but I need to like put my money where my mouth is. So nice. That's what I've been doing. But like, who knows what the future holds? So maybe all this, uh, I'll own Bitcoin, but it won't matter because there won't be anywhere to like use money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just we just get wiped out, just mixed completely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. I feel like so. How are we with peeling this onion? Or are we at the crying part yet? The way ahead of you, done. Yeah, it's the tears run. I don't know. I think war war is never a good thing. I, if if there was a positive side to it, it's the fact that part of the world is being brought together against a common cause. Uh, a lot of the issues that have mostly been silent are now surfacing, uh, especially all the human concerns with what Russia has been doing. Um, yeah. And the fact that Ukraine has such a massive outpouring of love from its its president, its people, and the entire globe. I think that's really cool. But it's, it's easy for us to say because we're not in a conflict and we're like so separated from this thing. Like if Russia goes down, I don't think we're negatively impacted. If If the world goes down in nuclear flames, we are. But like, I, I think we as people don't living in California don't really I don't know do we have like that much of a stake in it? Uh, it's it's I'm trying to find out like how we can you know do that. It's just thoughts and prayers right now. That's that's our stake in this conflict. Um, the other thing is like the whole Russian economy tanking. Like that's how I see the U.S. dollar eventually going. So to me, that's also validation that the like fiat currency is still monopoly money and it could change at any moment it didn't take russia the russian ruble that long to just tank it was like a few days yeah and like i don't know what that will be for the u.s but maybe it's a war that we can't stop that like costs so much money that we're just like doesn't like russia have to default or something i remember hearing that that was another headline i saw like Russia may have to default because of their economy tanking. And then that's the same scenario where like China's the only one left who actually has a strong enough economy to, to keep going. Yeah. And it's right next to Russia. And so Russia comes in and or China comes in and you know, takes up all the assets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So this interesting thing where like Russia has gone through like a dozen like currency cycles where they have like such bad like inflation or deflation. They're like, they're, the Russian currency like value keeps tanking. And so their solution has always been create a new currency that's like worth more than like, it's like one of the new rubles is worth like a thousand of the old. 
and they keep doing that every like 10 years or so and so that might be what happens here is that you may see Russia be like all right that old currency that was garbage here's this <laughs> new one that um, is worth like you know 100,000 of the old and that way it's they, they can kind of just start with a new monopoly set <laughs> insane I know it when I saw that I was like seriously so maybe this isn't a problem at all for Russia you know I still think it's the inherent devaluing of their currency is the problem. Like everyone that owns the old ruble is still like lost, like basically all of their wealth. Yeah. That's what happened to me and my family when Indonesia went through like their whole crisis, basically. So it's like families like dry up overnight because like all the savings are gone. Like suddenly the income is worth nothing. I think, I don't know if it'll translate to the U S though. I'm just wondering like, what scenario would cause this to happen? I feel like the U.S. has so many, the U.S.'s economic system is so ridiculously advanced beyond the, the hodgepodge that Russia put together. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm sure it'll happen. I just don't know, like, what will spur it to- It almost happened in 2008. Like, you had yeah. a too big to fail bank that, like, went bankrupt. And then that caused the domino effect of other banks, like, not having liquidity they're over leveraged and so then the u.s government had to get involved and bail out all the banks so and i like, think i think that's the fail safe right like as long as we still have that fail safe we'll continue to operate in a in a less in this less than efficient manner because if the banks know they're too big to fail even after 20, 2008 they'll they just keep doing something similar which i think they are yeah i just don't know if the next crisis is going to be too big to bail out <laughs> that's that that's the scenario like it's just speculation at that point but um, yeah. yeah who knows like there's like corporate debt is at an all-time high so as soon as the federal government or not federal government as soon as the federal reserve was like oh we're gonna increase interest rates they're like oh no it's not as bad we're like we have too much cash on hand and too much debt and it's gonna be bad for our balance like it's it could be something as simple as like the Fed trying to stop inflation by increasing interest rates, which leads to, you know, corporations going bankrupt, which leads to other things. You know, like it's that kind of domino effect. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So I don't know what the catalyst is going to be. I think it's already kind of happening, but buy Bitcoin. That's my... Uh... <laughs> your, your advice for the podcast. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that's advice, but... <laughs> I feel safer knowing that I have a currency not connected to a government, if that makes sense. Yeah. My, my advice is to, to buy, buy a home, uh, buy weapons, and uh, start defending because <laughs> it's going to get real. Buy, buy a home with a bunker. <laughs> um, I told you my dream is to own a bunker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you should uh, accelerate your, uh, your dream to uh, this year if, uh, i might have to i was looking up homes in sf and i was like do i really want to live in a home above a fault line maybe not <laughs> no you'll have earthquake insurance that's that's what that's for <laughs> <laughs> or i can just buy a bunker on the fault line yeah you could just live in the fault line i don't even need a bunker you don't pay rent in the fault line you just go down there yeah damn hey why would anyone, why would anyone nuke a fault line Actually, yeah. Why would they? <laughs> what if that? Oh, oh, interesting uh, scenario. Russia decides to not nuke a city but a fault line, 
which causes an earthquake oh. kills like you know a lot of people but then russia can be like oh we didn't kill any civilians we just nuked a fault line it's, <laughs> the earthquake did it not us yeah that's interesting i don't even know if that's how an earthquake could be caused probably i feel like we're gonna piss off a lot of geologists if we like share this amongst that audience yeah this is all speculation with uh i'm not a geologist tim collects rocks but that's about it you know yeah so, you know about me all those rocks uh it feels better talking about it even if most of what we're saying is fiction and won't come to pass uh i just feel like this it's like this existential dread, which I've been feeling since like this whole Ukraine Russia thing started. I don't know if you feel the same way. It's hard to like go about your day to day life without being like, I wonder if this could be my last day and then takes a drink. I don't know. I feel like I, I, I got that like happening during, I think, COVID. But then it's just like I had to like step back and be like, you know what? Like, so what? What it is like? How, how do I change like what I do on a daily basis? Like, okay, well, first be more appreciative of things around me. Don't get locked in the same patterns. Like don't wake up, drink water, go to the bathroom, shower, go downstairs, eat, go back upstairs, work. Like break out of the pattern, enjoy, smell the roses, basically. I think like if, if, they, if there's nothing else you can do, smell the roses. As the bombs are dropping, just look at it and smell. That's all you can do. Yeah. is one way of looking at it that's that's just my way not advice i uh i have like kind of come to the same conclusion but like in a different way i think it's like a cognitive dissonance of realizing you have no control over this situation so it really doesn't matter what you think and then accepting that even if i died tomorrow i probably wouldn't change my life that drastically like it like, I'm sure if I knew, like, oh, you have 24 hours, maybe I would be more intentional about my life. Maybe. I don't think I would, like, change anything, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, so it's, I think it's that intentionality of, like, smelling the roses that I've kind of appreciated what I have. But, yeah, I just, part of me can't stop thinking about it either. Like, it's, that, that's where the cognitive dissonance, like, I think I need to, be able to compartmentalize better but every single i think since 2016 with donald trump becoming president i just it feels like we're in like the slow descent into hell well i don't think you're wrong there like i think we are it's going to take a lot of work to get out of it or we can take the easy solution and like go to mars or leave like leave leave the problems behind um which i think is a lot less easy than it sounds yeah. compared to solving the problem you have to make friends with elon musk so uh, he invites you onto his private spaceship out of off earth yeah you, you don't want, you don't you don't want to get on jeff bezos ship <laughs> you definitely want elon's no i think if i had to choose between a billionaire ship i'd choose elon musk and then like um what's what's the virgin branson branson yeah i would i would choose him and then bezos would be like a last resort I'm just worried about the kind of nonsense Bezos would pull as soon as we get into space. He'd be like, all right, everybody, like, this is the swear jar. Like, anytime you cuss, you put it in here. And, oh, the money belongs to me. Like, I don't, I don't want that kind of nonsense. I think he would turn into an authoritarian where he's like, if you 
disagree with me or like show any like disobedience, I'll kick you off the ship. Oh, absolutely. He's like, all right, that's the airlock. <laughs> You're yeah. getting in that. Yeah. Elon I, I would just do some like dumb stuff. Like he would like play like my little pony song like in the spaceship like and not do any work. Yeah, why would why would he have to work? He's already uh Yeah, I guess he built the spaceship. That was his work. <laughs> I, I think it would be like as soon as you don't have value, you're gone. <laughs> as sad as it is, I think like when we get into space and all that, like that's that's just gonna be the rule, right? It's like right now, like we're it's it's exactly like looking at China versus the US versus Europe. It's like Europe is like very comfortable. They've been around for a very long time and they've modernized early. They've gotten to a point where they've plateaued in terms of innovation. And now they're like, we want comfort for everybody. You don't have to do anything. You can like not add value, quote unquote value to society, but like you're welcome to like live here. We'll provide you with all that stuff. Mm. Other end is like China. If you don't do anything for us, you're garbage, die. And I feel like China is like that because they have not modernized until very recently. It seemed like if we go to space, we go to like a Mars colony, there is no room for like, quote unquote, uh, no value. Like you have to like know how to like farm or fish. I guess you can't really fish on Mars, but like, you know, you farm and all that stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So in this analogy, Elon Musk would be America with like innovation. Uh, Jeff Bezos would be China with like providing value. And then Richard Branson would be Europe with like convenience and wanting to like make sure everyone has like a I mean maybe a little bit of innovation maybe. but you know kind of like or like NASA ends up becoming like the EU where they're like yeah like everyone this spaceship, this spaceship is for the people <laughs> get on oh no no NASA doesn't get to be in space they no <laughs> no they've been pushed out yeah the private sector is taking over space haven't you heard <laughs> I wonder if NASA's still doing stuff they have a budget they contract a lot to like SpaceX. So, you know. Interesting. So they're not. I think they make the rovers, but then like Elon Musk makes the spaceships. Interesting partnership. Huh. Yeah. Um, and then Jeff Bezos wanted to get in on that action. So even more. Yeah. There's just no, I don't know. We, we've kind of like gone away from World War Three and more into like, World War Four in space. Yeah, <laughs> this this is just a World War podcast. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, it would be. I guess it wouldn't be a world war. It'd be a galaxy war. The first galaxy war is uh, just the private sector wanting to be the monopoly. Yeah, no, because we're, when we're in space, there are no governments. Like governments are not going to control. It's absolutely going to be private sector or whoever owns the manufacturing ability. Because, like, yeah. industrial is going to be massive up there. At least that's how I envision it. We don't know. This is all science fiction. I mean, companies are just essentially, like, authoritarian governments, right? Like, just, like, at a smaller scale. Basically. You have, like, Basically. the CEO is the dictator. And then you have, like, the, the next level, which is, like, their, you know, senior level managers slash, um, what am I, like, like, the oligarchs in Russia. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like the military generals, like that's that's like the next level of the company. And then you have like the the military, next level of the military, or like even like senior like government officials, 
controlling like every all the worker bees. And what about the uh, uh, what is it? The um, the board of directors. They're like those. I just made a wretch. They're like who watches the watchers. I, mean, I guess I guess that would be the oligarchs. That would be like the the actual people that control the organization and like tell the CEO what to do. Ah. Yeah. Hey, Russia is actually a company. <laughs> the corporation Russia LLC. It's not that crazy of an idea because companies and like governments, like they all have customers, right? They all have like power dynamics. Like governments are supposed to like get their power from the people, but really the ones who control the government are the ones who are like bribing politicians. Doesn't it feel like it's that different in all honesty. <laughs> This is like the world's saddest podcast. I just want to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) This is what late stage capitalism is, Tim. I'm going to like keep beating the dead horse, which is like, if we don't understand that all these, you know, organizations controlling us, they're just like different sides of the same coin. We're never going to like get out of it. So our podcast is very uh, sad, but it's based in our sad reality. (laughs) The, the sad reality podcast yeah that, that's that's what we want. We'll rebrand from t-tox to <laughs> sad reality podcast hey i'm down i, I kind of like that title i like i mean that's that's what we talk about all the time it's just it's sad <laughs> reality. <laughs> that's kind of like a john stewart's podcast where he just brings someone to like discuss what's the sad reality that we're living in what's what's the problem <laughs> so i mean it can differ too also like Sometimes the problem can be like macro scale, or it can be like Netflix has too many recommendations, or like stuff like that. We can try to solve it. Is is the problem of white privilege, or is it <laughs> of uh, actual existential crisisness? I have a feeling it may be both. Yeah, but I'm Sad not white. So I can't speak to it. We're not having enough kids. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me show you. <laughs> yeah sad reality is i can't afford to buy a house with a bunker <laughs> why is that that's my sad reality <laughs> this concrete's too expensive that's why oh yeah wood and concrete right it's, it's well you need to reinforce the concrete and you can't use wood you gotta uh, you gotta rebar it. you know they're out of iodine tablets they ran out i tried to buy some it's like one of the few things you can do to survive like nuclear fallout is like have like iodine tablets that like only for a certain kind of radiation but what does it do it like protects your like uh lymph nodes from like absorbing all of the radiation so you're supposed to take it like before the nuclear you know explosion but i mean obviously if you're like too close to the epicenter of it then you're gonna die regardless but like I live in, you know, a suburb outside of the city. So maybe I'll just hopefully not die initially. <laughs> or we could move to like Wisconsin or like Montana, somewhere that's so barren and like unused that we're not going to be the target. I would just like to live like my neighbor be like someone who owns a giant bunker and be like really good friends with them. So I don't have to like make any of the investment. And then as soon as like the thing about like the 
someone pushes that button, I'll be like, can I call in this favor? <laughs> <laughs> call in a favor. It's like, remember when I picked your daughter up from like school last year? Yeah. Like I'm going to need a spot in your bunker. Hey, you're going to need more food. Look at all this food I brought. <laughs> <laughs> I just went grocery shopping. Look, watermelon, <laughs> chips. Yeah. I won't eat all your food. I promise. <laughs> just like the, what, what is it like? Uh, fingers crossed behind your back. <laughs> I've been I've been playing a, a game that's set in the nuclear fallout. Um, it's called Fallout. Really, uh, really good game. Have you heard of it? Yeah, but I've never played it. Is, is it? Do you feel like it's true to uh, what would happen, or is it? It, I I would say so. It's not like like completely realistic. They didn't bring in like economists and scientists to work on this, but. The premise is the U.S. and well, the world um, gets really into like uh, nuclear energy and like the '60s, and then overconsumption has led humanity to use up most natural resources like oil and gas and all that. And uh, because of that, all the natural resources are basically almost gone. So the U.S. and China get into a war for this and it lasts a long time and it ends when they both send nukes at each other and at the whole world. The world is post-apocalyptic and through a variety of scenarios, 200 years later, you are there. Um, so it's cool, it's a cool game. I recommend it. Like a Mad Max kind of world? Oh, it's, it's Mad Max is like the precursor to all that, which is cool. It's like, it's, I think it's more civilized, civilization than Mad Max. Mad Max is like, you have people like dressing up as stuff and like driving these like old cars. I think this one's more like you're walking around like DC, you're walking around Boston, you're walking around like Vegas and, and doing stuff. Interesting. Interesting. And it's cool because like it's very well written to the point where you have like government institutions proposing proposing like, hey, like yeah, you know, the nuke spell, like everything's dead. Like we'll help to try to like manage the land. And they have their own share of issues because they're big, they're corrupt, all that. And then you have like companies, like a company who was before the war, he like preserved himself. He's like, no, 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 pick me as like the one. Like I'll lead this city to the future because I'll have such a tight grip that no one will step out of line. It's cool. Like all these philosophies we we're just discussing. I'm realizing now it's like it's clicking. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I feel like you're lucky, maybe. It, like not that not the stroke anymore, like of the the paranoia for um, World War Three. Yeah, you know, it's not like I, I don't think about this stuff enough. Now I'm sure spending 200 hours playing a video game wouldn't make my paranoia worse. And <laughs> also probably be bad for your uh, your new job, which you should focus on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, this job I'm working on it will be worth it in my existential dread. <laughs> but that's like part of my my thinking is like, okay, would I quit my job and do something else if uh, I knew that the end was near? Maybe. Would you? I, I feel like your career only makes sense in like a long run perspective, right? Because like, it takes so much time to build a career. So like, if there was an expiration date on humanity building a career no longer becomes a priority mm -hmm. <laughs> at least not for me 
Um, I 100% agree because you have very limited time to live. Why would you put that into building a career or picking up Excel skills? Yeah. Um, so then the question becomes, what would I do? And that, that's a harder question. I feel like that requires like a bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, that is literally the perfect purpose of a bucket list, right? So you give 24 hours to the bombs drop. What do you do? Yeah. I guess it would be like a highlight reel. Like do like your favorite activities. Yeah. I don't know. Even if it was like a cancer diagnosis and you're like, I have a month to live. It's like, all right, well, career no matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, immediately quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you just like try. I, I think I would probably throw a party. I think that would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I could like pay everyone to like, I could just like rent out a whole hotel or something. That'd be fun. I feel like I would try to like, the first thing I would do is like make sure that the people who would care are like taken care of. So like reach out to family and be like, yo, I'm going to die in a month to make sure you're okay. I'm going to like, I don't know, do all this stuff. Like, let's talk about it. Let's make sure you're fine. Let's set up a therapist for when I'm gone, like all that stuff. And then after that, I'll just go ham and get like obliterated every single day. Yeah. And just like do random stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it would be like hyper-focused on like caring, like people I care about, like being with them, but also combine that with like doing things that I really want to do. So I don't know, maybe create like a, kind of like when I was, went to Europe and we have like an itinerary for every day. Oh, it's yeah. like optional, like what things you actually do, but then anyone could join you. So like on this day, I'm going to try to do these things. Join me if you want. And then kind of like, I don't know. Maybe that'd be too much. And I just want to have some me time. I don't know. But well, you're going to have me time when you die. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What was the expression? I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on the last day, I would probably want like some like, I would, I would have like a, a soft launch on like <laughs> the day before I die. And then be like, all right, peace, everybody. I'm just going to be on my own for the last day. And then the last day, I would just like, sit in front of a pond and like feed the birds or some shit like uh something like peaceful something like chill tranquil just sit like, on the roof look at the stars and be like ah that was a good life like be one with nature something like that maybe yeah i mean i know you don't like nature so <laughs> to, I, I would like for that last day i would make an exception <laughs> i mean what's the worst case scenario like a bear eats you like so what like, yeah i got 10 seconds left and this bear is gnawing on my leg <laughs> uh yeah you go out with like leonardo dicaprio in uh that movie he was in i haven't seen that a, he likes to rise a bear attack anyways um but yeah i i just feel like it would be the best use of my time and then you know it just after that, it's just whatever, whatever happens once you leave this uh, world. Yeah, afterlife is the topic of the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. World War Three to uh, eternity. <laughs> World War Eternity. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we uh, 
he cut, cut this onion in many ways. All right. do, you feel, do you feel better about uh, <laughs> the rest of the year? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm hoping, like you said, that we'll figure it out. Minimum casualties. Um, but yeah, I guess I can't help but have my mind go there. So at least I don't like having any regrets for my current situation. I think that's the best I could hope for. And that's a great state to be in. Yeah. I mean, that's all. Well, hopefully World War Three doesn't come to pass yet. Uh, and you just got to find enough stuff to distract you until you die. Yeah. But hopefully it never does because otherwise the simulation is broken. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to wake up and like be like, no, it was all a dream. Yeah. What if you wake up and it's like that Rick and Morty game where uh, you pretend to be someone? Roy. Yeah, exactly. Roy. You wake up in like it's this. Roy off the grid. Futuristic <laughs> gaming world. Maybe maybe that could be our uh, our next podcast is like simulation afterlife, the uh, speculation on the next veil of existence. Oh man, San Junipero style. Yeah. Taking a taking a big fan. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we're gonna wrap up. Fingers I, crossed that uh, this won't be our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if we're done next week it was great seeing you all our viewers yeah well, glad you guys came back for this uh final tea talk <laughs> the final tea talk yeah it, it is the final tea talk because the next one it's gonna be um what is it called? sad life what is it called the sad reality sad reality sad reality not sad life that's just depressing <laughs> <laughs> the sad reality podcast all right yeah peace out audience have a great one. We'll see you in hell. <laughs> or heaven or something else. We'll discuss next week. Or something else. <laughs> and